0: <laughs> we're learning the face. We've been learning about the Isershnios, how the rabbis added more, yeah. more the Rabbana and Ervas onto the Arayas of the Torah. So yesterday we discussed many of them. We referenced the six of Rabiya yesterday. We mentioned that there's gonna be another six. So today we're gonna to look at them. Uh, we don't have to go over all the all the ones that we mentioned yesterday, but just to, to just mention one example is that the Torah says there's an erva of a mother. But the rabbana come along and they say mother's mother. And a father's mother are also forbidden, as we learned yesterday. That's an example. That's an erva shein lahafsek. That's the type of erva which goes up. It doesn't make a difference between your mother's mother, 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 mother. No matter how many generations you go up, it's still going to be awesome. So tana Here we are, a few lines down, six lines down. Shlishi shevim The third generation involving his son. So what does that mean? What's a third generation? A son's son's daughter. So what's the erva? The Torah says a granddaughter's. Two forms of granddaughters, a son's daughter or a daughter's daughter, are usher. That's mentioned in the Torah, two forms of a granddaughter, son's daughter or daughter's daughter. So here what we're doing is we're saying, what if I go one more down? I have a son's son's daughter. So if I went down one more generation, the shlishi, not the grandchild, the great-grandchild, that's going to be an avramadarabana or shavavita, or it involves his daughter, meaning his daughter's son's daughter, something like that um so therefore we have we, we add that or you could have the same thing with your wife's son the Torah says even if it's not your own biological grandchild the Torah says when you marry a woman you're also on her grandchildren as well so here a wife's son's daughter or something like that isn't ever right so but here i can have a wife's son's son's daughter or a wife's daughter's son's daughter something like that um those could be examples where we're going to add the these things are an Erevah again the secondary arabo that was added by the Rabbis. Now, the fourth generation regarding one's father-in-law and regarding one's mother-in-law. So what does that mean here? So the first example of the, of the father-in-law would be a father-in-law's mother's mother. So in what way is that a fourth generation? We're just going to try to understand this. We're going to assume somebody, how do you have an in-law? You have a wife. So we're going to count wife as one, even though that's your generation. But interestingly enough, we're going to count that as one. Then we're going to say father-in-law, that's generation two. His mother, that's generation three. Her mother, that's generation four. So that's called the fourth generation for the wife. We're including in the account. Um, so we're going to call that the fourth generation. And we're going to do the same thing with the mother-in-law. A mother-in-law's mother's mothers, that's a fourth. You have your wife, that's one. You have your mother-in-law, that's two. You have her mother, that's three. And then you have that mother on top, that would be a fourth. Um, so we're going to say that uh, that those are also Madarabana. So in these last two cases, just to understand this a little bit better, of what about the, if you would have one generation earlier? The, father-in-law, the father-in-law's mother and the mother-in-law's mother. It sounds like that, that wasn't necessary to be awesome. Medirabana. You have to go up the fourth generation. Father-in-law's mother's Mother, to get the Dara But it sounds like a father-in-law's mother or a mother-in-law's mother is also awesome. a So why is that? To so listen to the chab, How she explains to you. If you would marry her in addition to your wife, you're marrying a grandmother and her granddaughter together. And that's what the Torah says. The Torah says when you take a woman, you can't be with her grandchild. So the same way when I take a woman, I can't be with her grandchild. If I take a woman, I can't be with her grandmother. So that's actually a daraisa. What I need to do is go up to the fourth generation. I marry a woman and I have a mother in law and she has her mother. I can't marry her mother. Fourth generation in order to get the Durabana. That's a little bit of a tricky point, which Rashi makes. It's a nice khidish here to understand that the same way when you take a woman, you're also on her grandchildren. So now when I take a woman, I'm going to be also on her grandparents as well. That's going to be an isa. That's a fascinating observation that it goes the other way. And now if get to get the Durabana, I'm going to have to go up one more generation. Okay? So there we get those. Those are the arayas. Now, the Gemara just does, we clean up a little bit. Everything's good in the law. We understand everything in the law, but we don't understand something about the way that it's referred to. So let's just make sure we have like the, that, what was good here. When we were talking about, remember, when you marry a woman, you're also in her grandchildren, right? So now, what did we say? We said, but the, the great-grandchildren, that's the Durabana. So I marry a woman, let's say uh, her, 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 her son's daughter, um, that's going to be an Avram Adaraisa. For her, son's, um, or, or, or son, or her daughter's son's daughter, let's say, a great grandchild, that's going to be an ever mature abundant. How do we refer to that? We refer to that as a shlishi. We refer to that as number three, generation number three. The same thing with my own granddaughter. I think we refer to that as number three. A great grandmother was number three. When I was just talking about a great grandmother, what did we call that? We call that generation four. How was that generation four? My wife being one, my mother-in-law being two, her mother being three, and then... The great grandmother being four, so that's interesting because in both cases you could call it three or four. Just the question is, do you count the current generation? So the Gemara doesn't like that change in terminology. I'm like, if you know, what's the difference when I'm going to the generations of the You count the wife. You say wife is one, mother-in-law is already at two. So by the time you get to great grandmother, it's already generation four. how come when I go to the generations below the I don't count the count of the wife? The wife is not included. When I get to, to already to the gener- one generation down, I call that one. Grandchild is two, grand, great-grandchild is three. What's the difference between great-grandmother, which is called fourth generation, and great-grandchild, which is called third generation? What a simple, good question. So they more explained, explain, mm-hmm. when I go above the Isurah, Mikoach, Ka'asi. The lambdas of the Isser is Mikoach, the wife. It's Mikoach, the wife, therefore, I count her as generation one. It's coming from her. She's the catalyst of the or It's her and her grandmother, which would be the Isser. So now her and the great-grandmother, I count her. So she's one. Great-grandmother would be four. It's not because of one's wife. So firstly, Gemara is focusing on the case where it's your own granddaughter. Where's your own granddaughter? As long as you do because you married a woman. I mean, even without marriage, any, any form of biological granddaughters are also. And then great-granddaughters are, are just to protect granddaughter, so, so it's not because of the woman you married So therefore, we leave her out of account. It's simply one generation down, your son would be one, grandda- great grandchildren would be two, and great-grandchildren would be three. Frank di Gemara, that's good, except for the case that we also mentioned stepchildren as well. though, We had six of her The first two were, were, were your grandchildren, but we also had your great-grandchildren, but the next two were your wife's great-grandchildren, meaning your step-grandchildren, which were also mitrabanan, which definitely are coming, mikach your wife. They're not your biological great-grandchildren, and they're also, because you married a woman, you're not allowed to be not only with her grandchildren, that's the daraisa, but even mitrabanan, you can't be with her great-grandchildren. And that is mikach, the wife. The local husband, and still we count that, that as three. So now we're really stuck. If I marry a woman, I'm also on her great-grandmother, and I'm also on her great-granddaughter. When I'm also on her great-granddaughter, we call that generation three. When I'm also on her great-grandmother, I call that generation four. That we don't understand. What's the difference? We do understand the difference when you're talking about your biological great-granddaughter. Why do you call that generation three? Because that has nothing to do with the current generation. It's just going down three. But What's the difference between great-grandmother and great-granddaughter of your wife? Reb explains since you're right, the first two cases were pchila, which were going on the biological great grandchildren. So those were called three because they weren't mikolach wife. So once we started with your great grandchildren, calling them three, so you taught just to keep the style the same when it was when it was your step great grandchildren. You called you called that three as well, even though it really is also mikolach wife. when I went up, that's only always mikolach wife. So therefore, I called that four. Okay, so therefore, that, okay, that's just cleaning up some of the terminology for how you refer to it. But the point that we get from the six of our priya is a couple. Of, we have really, it's really two categories. Just it's split into six different arayas. You have your biological grandchildren, which are also midaraisa, and your wife's grandchildren, which are also midaraisa. bottom, we're adding one more layer down, and then we have the din of when you marry a woman, you're also not only your mother-in-law, but your mother-in-law's mother as well, because it would be the inverse of, a, of, of, of a, woman, a woman and her grandchildren would be a woman and her grandmother. And we're adding another layer up. So the Gemara clerks, we are adding a, a layer here, are we only adding that generation? What about another generation down? What if instead of having a great grandchild, I want to know, can I marry a great, great granddaughter? So yesterday we learned that there's different types okay. of avarayas. Sometimes we say it doesn't end. Sometimes we say it does. Just to give the example, like yesterday we said, you know, grandmother, it's in our the Torah only says you can't be with one's mother, not, not with uh, your grandmother. You ever find that, by the way, a very interesting thing? If you marry a woman, if you marry your grandmother-in-law, that's an erva midaraisa. But your own grandmother is only an erva That's an interesting line, right? The Torah says you marry a woman, you can't be with her granddaughter, so then how to be with her, with your grandmother-in-law is an erva midaraisa. But your own grandmother, we learned yesterday, is only an erva right? That's just a nice little tidbit to put in your back pocket. But at any rate... It, the, 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 we learned that the, like something like grandmother doesn't have a hefzik. It keeps on going. Your great-grandmother, your great-great-grandmother, it, it keeps on going. But we learned, that, let's say, for example, some of the other ones, uh, let's just give an example that we learned yesterday, have the hefzik. Your, 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 your uncle that came about through your father's maternal brother's wife. That's in Erev The only ever Meder so Isof and uncle is your father's paternal brother's wife. So let's say your father's maternal brother's wife, that's in Erev but it has a hefzik. Let's say it's your father's father's maternal brother's wife. That's not us. And could marry her. There is ex-wife. So we see that it's only on that generation, not a generation up. So certain types of rabbis are only in that generation that the rabbis were closer, and some of them go up. So we want to know Rebkhiya's ones, do they go up or down? Did do they go further? So let's say your you know, your great granddaughter is Asar Midrabbana. What about your great granddaughter? Your great great granddaughter? That would be the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says the We said that there are four of the Arayas of the, uh, that have a sick that we discussed yesterday. If it's too low, the implication is there's no more, so Rebchia's six cases probably do not have a sick They keep on going. Says the Gemara, Rab was just referring to yesterday's price. and yesterday's prices didn't count, Rebchia's six ones. So therefore it's not, Is Rab wasn't referring to them at all. So the Gemara tries to prove the opposite way. Tashma, shlishi, rivi, when the Bryce identifies these other women, it says the third or the fourth generation, right? It says uh, the great-granddaughter or the great-grand, or the great-mother, great grandmother-in-law, but it's mash my and only that your fourth generation falo, not more. So it sounds like from the way the Rabbi awarded in the Brai saw that we don't include further generations. So the Gemara says that's not a proof. Elach. It just means from the third generation and on. A great granddaughter and continuing, or a great grandmother in law and continuing up. So we don't necessarily have a proof in the language that it stops. So the Gemara doesn't conclude either way. Now the Gemara kinda just moves on to a new point here. So super interesting lambdas here, just a little introduction. When a person converts, so the halacha is that they lose all their relatives, that's the lambdas. A person converts, they lose their relatives. So there's nothing to do that. So this is all after a person is born. So once they, when they convert, even if let's say they were brothers that, uh, from the father and the mother, everything, full, fully biological brothers, but if two brothers convert, so what's the halacha? The halacha is, and now they're not considered to be related to each other. There's no, there's no such thing. There are no. No relation okay that's the way it works so medir a ger, after he converts he could even be with his mother let's say his mother converted he converted he, converted, he could even marry his mother that would be a daraisa. however there is a dinder where the gemaritan Sanhedrin says that a ger is not allowed to be with any of the arayas that bnei noach have so let's say marrying one's mother a ben noach even not a jewish person is not allowed to be with their mother that's a, one of the shev messes bnei noach the arayas includes some certain they don't have all the rice that we have but let's say a mother they do so even after the ger converts with the rabbanon, he's not supposed to marry his mother. That's a rabbanon. Anything that he had, then he's supposed to keep. So let's see. Let's continue further. So I'malei rabbi rabbanachni. Rabban, now we'll get into the sugya. Chazim ayar rabbanon Did you see this person who's coming from Eretz Israel? Amar he said Rabban, They have to Did the rabbanon impose the din of shneos? Did the rabbanon take our eyes on gerim, or did they, or did they not, or did they not make such a zero? So meaning, let's say we just said that the and Gare ger is also on his mother to begin with. That's a rabbanon. What about a ger and his grandmother, right? Because again, mituraisa geresh nisgarikon he could be with his biological mother. It's not his mother anymore. So the rabbana, where goes. or he shouldn't be with his mother. What about being with his grandmother? So even on a regular din erva, that's only a rabbanon to be with one's grandmother, right? Mituraisa, so it's only also to be with one's mother. Here, for the ger to be with his mother itself is a rabbanon. So whether the rabbis gozer the din shneels on gerim or not, so amale. Nachman said right away to Erva Guva, even for the Erva herself, even for let's say the mother. If not, we didn't want people to say that, you know what happens when you, when, you, when, you, when you convert to Judaism? You go from more sanctity to less sanctity. Because Haraya, when I was a guy, I wasn't allowed to marry my mother. Now suddenly I convert, I'm allowed to marry my mother. It must be Judaism has less sanctity than other religions. So if people are, are gonna say the wrong thing, that's why the rabbi said that even though he's still not supposed to be with his mother. But that's all the rabbanan. If not for that, logos were the rabbis were not have right? The rabbis are not gonna say, Oh, if a girl marries a, 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 a mother, who knows what's going to be? Somebody else will marry their mother as well. The rabbis didn't say that. It was just a very specific reason that people are going to criticize and say, So if not for that, a girl would, would have been mother and his mother himself. Is there any question of the rabbis answering the shenios? Meaning, certainly they did not. Certainly it's only something that's going not going to apply to the where whereas Mutter merely in on the mother itself. So even though the rabbis are going to offer the, the mother, die lanu that they offered that suffices that they also with the mother, we have no reason to think that they would impose the Shneos onto a Ger. Okay? All right. Really nice uh, piece of Gemara there. So now the Gemara says, let's continue. other <speaking in Spanish> once, anyways, we're talking about Geros, so let's continue talking about them a little bit more. Uh, let's say I have maternal brothers, again, two brothers who convert. So you have Geros and Eskire. So really, they're not related, so if they're not related. So then, they should be able to testify in uh, in court together. Relatives can't testify, but these two brothers who converted are not garen. So really, the halacha should be that that, that they they should be good. However, lechatchila they still shouldn't do it. Why lechatchila? So they shouldn't do it because lamaisa. They are biological brothers. So it gets confusing. If we're going to let two biological do it just because technically they're not related, who knows what's going to happen. So we shouldn't let them testify, but if they did, it's definitely valid. Why? Because So the mice are not related. So the mice are not related. So the edus goes through. However, when I get paternal brothers, brothers who share, we think that they share a common father, meaning they're not that they're maternal brothers necessarily, but they're paternal brothers. So they shared a common goyish, father, and now they converted, me'idin l'chatchila. After they converted, they can testify in the first place. Even l'chatchila. Why? What's the difference? The difference is, is that brothers from the father, if what's, what's keeping you together as relatives, is the fact that you're a common father. When you're Megayar, you don't, isn't even like considered biologically related. Why? Because the, the passage says, there's a din, the Gemara later on, Daf Dapsalichah says, that the zerah of a goy, is like a behemah. Meaning that there's no, there's no real din yichos. That exists between two paternal brothers who are going because the the zera does not connect them. So anything that's from the paternal side that's from the father's side is is no connection. It's a fascinating thing. From the mother's side, if you come out from the same mother, so the are your your maternal brothers. Okay, we have a din, Gersh Naskarka, Khan dummy that makes you not related, but not necessarily everyone aware of that. So the don't testify. It's only evidence that your testimony goes through. But brothers from the father are mamish not related. No shaykhs whatsoever. Even, and even without the principle of Gershon's Karkar, Gershon's Kaladam, it's like a new halacha. The Gemara says that the Zerah of a guy does not connect. There's no biological uh, connection there. It's really fascinating type of halacha. But the two brothers who are half brothers from the father, when they convert to Judaism, they have no shaykhs whatsoever, and they can even be made. The Gemara later on debates. Maybe it's just because of a different fact. Maybe it's just because we don't really believe that they have the same father, since their mother presumably, or whatever, they're separate mothers. Presumably they sleep around with so many people, we never really know who the father is. So who's to say that is the paternal father? The Gemara comes out later, no, even if they were twins, even if we did, you know, some DNA testing, we know it's the same father. It's a din that there's no relationship between two paternal half-brothers, even without the Allah of Gersh and they're simply not brothers at all, and uh, therefore they could even testify the Lachat Says the Gemara. Even maternal brothers, and we know it came out from the same mother, they could even testify. And what's the reason? Because. So, since they're not really related, we don't make any Durabbanans that they shouldn't testify. Why is it different than Arias? Meaning, everybody agrees that, um, that, that let's say, a maternal sister or something like that, you know, that you have, you're not supposed to marry. Like we said, that, that we don't rely on Gershon's We don't want. To, to counter that. So how come by a is we say, don't use gash, 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 but by testifying, here according to Mar we say you're allowed to go Testify, what's the shahat? So the Qumar explains, erva Kol is relevant to everybody. Everybody gets married, right? Edos, Edos is the base of Masura. The responsibility of Edos is something that the court is in charge of. So therefore, the court doesn't make mistakes. People make mistakes. So by people, Arias, which is an Indian that everybody in the world knows, so we don't want to rely on Keresh guy because Madara looks fishy. <laughs> in everybody knows, is only for Basin. Basin is responsible. And since Keresh Niskaya can call on Shnera Ladami, we have no problem saying... Two maternal brothers who convert to Judaism are perfectly able, are perfectly able to testify. Alright, here we go. A little viter. Um, now we're gonna talk about what types of brother does the Ibn. So Mesha There's a brother of any kind. We'll see exactly what that means. Of any kind of brother is okay, because the that creates a zika for ebom. meaning again when a man dies childless. So his widow is zakak to Yibam, she's not allowed to go free until Yibam Rechal is done. She can't go marry somebody else. Even if the brother is a, some shvacha brother, we'll see what that reference is, if you any kind of brother whatsoever, there's a din of zikah. And this brother is treated like a brother for everything. Chutz, what's the one type of brother who's not a brother? Let's say somebody was a half-brother, but the mother of his half-brother was a guy or a Canaanite slave. In that case, that's not considered to be a brother, of That's not even a half brother. There's no relation there over there. That guy, that's considered like a guy because of the fact that his half brother has a non Jewish mother, therefore is not related to him. Chlau, no Sheikhus. Someone who has a son of any kind. Again, we'll have to see what that means. But if there's any kind of son, Poter of Avim, and ayibam. that exempts his father's wife from Yibam. Meaning to say, even if he's a a son, any son is a son, and any son is a son, that means that there's not going to be Yibam. And he's liable for wounding his father for cursing his father. He's considered a son for everything. Again, this all is chusmi ben Except if it's a son that one has from a non-Jewish woman. In that case, the kid is not considered a Jew, but a Jew at all. Um, and in that case, it doesn't uh, it doesn't bother from yibum. In other words, it's no legal father son no relationship here. That's the point. A, let's say a man sleeps with a non-Jewish woman and they have a the kid, it's totally after the mother. So then it's no relationship to his father. So what does this mean? Any type of brother, any type of son? What are we talking about here? I mean, What is a brother of any kind? Or as we went to say, a son of any kind. So it comes to include a mamzer. Let's say a very unique scenario. Unfortunately, such a thing can happen is that a brother does, dies childless and the only other brother who remains is a mamzer. Right? So that would mean that their, their common father, but the, in order to produce this other brother, he slept with an erva. Let's say a father slept with his sister. Unfortunately, and so the brother is a mom, the next brother, their child is a mamzer, and that's the brother that's left. And obviously we don't even want to do even to that, like we discussed, it's a like, but ve'ilab. But the Mishnah is still saying, there is a zika, and the evama, the, the sister-in-law, needs chalisa from this mamzer, before she would go free. Because Lamaise, he's a brother, right? He may not be someone who's, a, who's allowed to marry Lechadkila, but, but he's a brother, right? He's, he's a brother here. He's a half-brother. So therefore, there's going to be zikah. So that's obvious. Achavu, he's a brother. I mean, like, why is that a khidish that a mamzer creates zikah? So the says, Remember on Davut Zion, when we were talking about where we learn brothers from, that it's, you know, half-brothers from the father, not half-brothers from the mother, that whole discussion, we said that we learn from the children of Yaakov. Here it says, And by the children of Yaakov, by the Shvatim, it says we're all brothers when they were speaking to Yosef. So we say we compare it to the children of Yaakov. So you one might think to say, just as by the Shvatim, they, none of them were Mamzerim, Right? they were all kosher valid people. Maybe by Yibam, when the Torah says brothers, it means only kosher brothers, not illegitimate people. The Torah therefore has to tell us that even a Mamzer is considered a brother in regard to Yibam and there is Zikah. Says the Gemara, how do you talk and know otherwise, right? Maybe we should derive from the children of Yaakov that a mamzer doesn't make zika, that he's not a brother for yibam. How do we talk and know that a mamzer creates zika? So the Gemara answers, since a mamzer is going to exempt a father's wife, meaning since if there's a son who's left, the father didn't die childless. He left one child, and the child was a mamzer. It exempts from zikah. It's considered a child. It's a Svara, that he binds his brother's wife to him in Yibam as well. This is a very hard point in the Gemara. Here's the abstract concept of the Gemara is saying. There's two things that are components to Yibam, right? Not having any children and the fact that there is a brother. Those are the two components. If there are children, there's no Yibam. If there's no brothers, there's no Yibam, right? So the Gemara says we compare the two. Just says a mamzer. If he's in the form of a child, it removes the criteria for Yibam because there is a child here. So too the criteria for what is a brother is 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 that a mamzer is included as well. But the problem is how do we understand that connection? What chaifus? What was one there's one that if you die childless, the mice is not childless, and then there's another child, maybe the brother is a brother who is a mamzer What what is the inyan? So it seems that the concept is, and this is something that we spoke about before, the whole I think idea is is there a perpetuation for the, the legacy here? You know, not in not in too much philosophical necessarily, but is there a kioma ishis? Is there something here that the father's marriage has left? So the question is, when we want to know with mamzer, it's really one of two things. When a mamzer is a brother, I want to know, is that going to continue? In other words, it needs, it needs a hemshach ha'ishas, <laughs> but well, if a mamzer be here, will that continue the legacy? Or do I say, that's not going to be, a, it's not on the same playing field. The father's legacy, his marriage was a higher marriage, he was a legitimate person. The brother that's here is illegitimate, who says he could take that over? That's the question that's on the table. It's the gemara, if having a child that's illegitimate is a hemshach of that, and even though he's not as good as the father, but I say, Lamaisa is a son, and that can be a continuation of the father. So too with the brother, I say, even if he's not on the same level as the father, he's able to continue the father, what the brother, what his brother has. So that's really the connection between son and brother. And we're coming out, since a mom's her son, means that there's no Yibam, so to a or brother means that there is a Zika to Yibam. It is a brother for all areas of Halacha. So what other areas of Halacha is this relevant to? Yarshul, for Yerusha, and to become tummy for him if he was a Kohen, that he would violate the din of Tumah in order to bury his brother. Says the Gemara, it's not obvious, achavu. it's obvious that he should Yarshin him and that he should be, if he's a Kohen, he should become tummy to bury him. He's a brother. I mean, just because he's a Mamzer, so why would I think that he's not a brother? Says I might have thought to say, by by, What's the halacha? By a coin and his wife. The Kohen's not supposed to come to Hamei, The pasuk says, except for his flesh closest to him. Okay. Who's the Kohen's flesh closest to him? His flesh, is closest to him, his relative, the Torah is referencing, is to, to a wife. The Torah says that it's like one flesh, right? By marriage and partial So we understand that sheiro is a reference to his wife. So the Torah is saying that a Cohen should become Tameh to bury his wife. The Torah says that a person, a Kohen, shouldn't become Tameh for his wife. So how do I understand? It sounds like from the Pesukim there is a case of a husband who does contaminate himself for his wife, and there's a type of husband who doesn't contaminate himself for his wife. Okay, it's how do I resolve it? If it's a wife that it was a valid marriage, a coin should become Tommy to bury her. But if his wife was not valid, let's say a coin married a Grusha. So obviously it's also, but the marriage is to face. But if she would die, the Kohen doesn't become Tommy to bury her. Since it was an illegitimate marriage to begin with, then if, the, if she dies, a Kohen should not violate the terms of Tomah to bury her. That, Mm-hmm. Tone loses status after he marries daughter. So it's an interesting, it's a good misconception. The, the child will not be a Kohen, but the Kohen doesn't indeed. become men. And again, we don't let him do that. Voda may be in the base of Mikdash, but he's still technically a Kohen. He doesn't lose his kuna status, just when he marries kuna. Maybe we're not machabit him, you know, some of the hard questions, but, but he's technically still Bakedusha's kuna. So So it's since the halacha is, what do I see from there? When a coin marries a non coin uh, someone he's not supposed to marry, he doesn't have the din that he's metamek for. So I would say maybe the same thing is for a brother that's illegitimate. Maybe the halacha is that, let's say, a mom's or coin dies, right? Maybe for such a coin you shouldn't become talmek. No, the it's ma'isa. The ma'isa a brother, and therefore you should contaminate yourself even for a mom's or a sibling. So even though it's an illegitimate sibling, but you still are a metamek him. Says, Maybe I should learn from the, from, the, from the wife, just as a Kohen, is not metamek for a wife, that's illegitimate. Maybe you're not metamek for a brother who's an illegitimate brother. So, Gemara says it's a very simple difference. If it's a, if it's a wife, the, the marriage is not built to endure. Meaning, let's say a Kohen marries a divorcee. The basin will go down and try to break up the marriage. Because every beer that they have is forbidden, right? So, so therefore, in that case, where it's not a relationship that's meant to last, it's 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 going to be kicked out. So, therefore, we say that if she if she abruptly died, the the husband doesn't is not matamik for her. it's not considered like you know a full fledged wife. In relationship of brother, it's a full brother, right? There's not, no, nothing is ever going to break up the brother. The fact that he's illegitimate, the fact that he's a mom's okay, it's a sad point, but it's not something that breaks up the relationship, and therefore he does, in fact, become tommy for his brother, even though he's a mamza. We say that the one type of paternal brother, half-brother that's not a brother, is if they share, they, they share a common father, but the mother of one of the brothers is a non-Jewish woman. It so says, my time, where do I see that are not considered related, in that case, a brother is not a brother, if his, brother, if his mother is a non-Jewish woman. When it talks about a maidservant, it says that uh, the woman and her children should belong to her masters. Meaning, what do I see from here? That when an Ebed-Ivri is marrying a Shevcha Kenanis, we don't say that the children go after the ebed We say that the children go after the Shevcha Kenanis. We see this is the Yisrael, that the yichos. it seems to be in the Pasuk is saying that it goes after the non-Jewish woman. So now we're going to say that in any case of yichas, it's not going to be connected if one of the mothers is not Jewish. Then we went on to the son in the Mishnah. Any type of son, father's from Yibam. What does any kind, of son, any, kind of, any kind of son mean? Even if the son is a mamzer, he still will father the father's wife from Yibam. Says the Gemara, how do we know that? The Apostle says, and if you look at the word ain, right, so ain can be spelled without a yud, or it can be spelled with a Yod. So it says with a yud, you could be Darshan, as if to say Ayin Allah, examine to see if there's any son. Meaning to say any type of son, as if Ayin, go examine. If there's any type of son whatsoever, then there's not going to be even done. So when we say he's liable for wounding his father, his curse. So the Gemara says here, what's the, so in other words, we're saying that a mom's a son is very much still related to his father, he's considered still a son. So if he's going to uh, curse him or wound him, which are, which are things that the Torah punishes the son for doing, so that will be true even if the son is a ma'am. So the Gemara actually doesn't understand that, Allah. Why should there be a chiyah for cursing or striking such a father? Kari Khan why don't you apply here? The Pasuk says, when a or a prince in your people, you should not curse. So what does it mean, a prince in your people? The iser for cursing the nasi, but is only when he's acting like your person, like your people. Meaning, it's only when he's religious. Only a religious nasi who's from is there a din that you're chai for cursing him? And we expect the same thing to be for a father as well, which is an interesting comparison. That the isr against cursing, excuse me, against cursing a father is only if the father is religious. But if the father is not acting like your people, he's someone who violates halacha. Then it seems that you're not over, you're not chayab on cursing him. So here, this, the father makes mamzer, right? This is the son is mamzer. A mamzer, clearly, the father is not religious, he's being bol arias. So, what's the pshad? That we're saying that if the mamzer curses him, he's chayab. Yes, it's true that he's treated like a son, but he's cursing a father who doesn't act bola sa'amcha. Like he said elsewhere, we're talking about a case of someone who did teshuvah, and I we're talking about a case where the father repented, meaning he made a mob there. So he, at one point had not been keeping Allah, but now he did teshuvah, now he repented. So now there's a din that the son would be chayyah for cursing him. Says the Gemara, could he do Teshuvah? And this is something that we learned in Khajigah. Is it's true that after you you're bowl in Erva you make a Mamza, you could do Teshuvah. but the Mishnah said, Shimad min Rasia Om Izum Uvas, lo Khalizko l'izkon, what's an application of the possible selling crooked cannot be shaitan? Say in Erva, then we have no mamza. It's the case of someone who was born in an Ervah and he made a mamzer. So what do I see? That once there's a mamzer, right? It's permanent damage, so to speak. So it seems like you can't fix it. So the Gemara says. So if you do, even if you can't fix it, and that's true, it can never be a full repentance to a certain degree because the mamzer cannot be removed, but at the end of the day, he's active in the conduct of your people. Today, he's religious. So even though yesterday he did a sin that he can't fully atone for, and that's true because there is a mamzer, but from today, from today and on, when he is religious, so then you would be chayef for cursing him. So we is saying an interesting takeaway. If there's a ben, there's a mamzer, he curses his father. As long as the father now is religious, then the ben mamzer would be chayef. All right, now the Gemara starts an entirely new discussion, a totally separate thing. In order to understand this Pasek, we have to understand that there's two separate p'sulka in the Torah in Parshav So The Torah says a person cannot sleep with their sister. Any form of sister, half-sister, father, mother, you're not allowed to sleep with your sister. It also says the daughter the daughter of a father's wife. So your father has a wife, the daughter, he cannot sleep with. Two separate p'sulka in the Torah. So now that now doesn't always necessarily have to be the same, right? Not every case of a sister is it the daughter of your father's wife? That's true. All right? That's true. But Lamaisa, there is two different dinim in the Torah. So what happens if they combine? What if I sleep with a sister who is also the daughter of my father's wife? Okay? That's a question. What would I be over for? So Tanarapanam is daughter of Brahza who sleeps with his sister. He she She's also the daughter of his father's wife. Right? You think about like a classical sister. In a regular, normal, functioning, you know, full family, that will be most cases. Most people's sisters will be also the daughter of their father's wife. That is true. It doesn't Again, it doesn't have to be that way. But if it is, the question is, what are they chaya for? There are two separate sulkim in the Torah. It says, don't be with your sister. And also says, don't be with the daughter of your father's wife. So let's say it happens to be that it was both. You're having one single act of bea with a woman who is both a sister, and is also the daughter of your father's wife, so you're transgressing two different sukkim in the Torah. So the Kama says, So you're chayev twice, meaning let's say it was bishogik, you're going to be chayev two karbonos, two separate chatos. It's no different than someone who's <coughs> who, 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 with one you know, one piece of meat that has two different Yisuram on it. Here it's one one isha who has two, two shema raias on her, she's both a sister and the daughter of her father's wife. Whereas Rabbi when you when you are in no, you're only over for sister. In the case where it's both a sister and the daughter of a father's wife, you are only one sister, you're not bash ishak. So the Gemara gets into the analysis of the machoths. what is the reason for the Rabbana? Ahmed they say it's already a positive achos, the nakedness of your sister. Your father's daughter, your mother's daughter, you should not uncover her. So it just says your father's daughter. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't make a difference, you know, whether it was out of wedlock, it was out of marriage. It's just your sister, or the daughter, or your father, right? It doesn't make a difference whether or not there's marriage if so, why do I need the other pasuk? Why does the Torah have to say that if your father's wife's daughter was born to your father, she is your sister, right? Why does the Torah have to say that? Why do, in other words, the only difference between them is that one pasuk doesn't emphasize that it came about through marriage and one pasuk does. and one pasuk just says, if it's your sister, or the daughter of your father. It's mashma even born out of wedlock. The other pasuk says, that it's a case where it's your father's wife's daughter who was born to your father, but it is clearly saying through marriage. It's through marriage marriage. So what, what is the Torah adding that? Right? Everything I know from that second pasuk, I know from the first pasuk. The first pasuk said, any form of a sister born out of wedlock or born out of marriage is included in that. So what's the chiddush of the second pasuk that when it's born out of marriage, you're chayev. The Torah says, you know what the pasuk is saying? That there's an extra chayev. There will be two chayev. There's a chayev of a sister, which, which means the daughter of your father, whether it's born out of wedlock or marriage. And then there's a second chayev in a case where it's born out of marriage, there's two karbonos. It's very interesting. The Torah created a new sheim erva, which is already also from the first pasuk. And the Torah created the new sheim erva of bas eisha, savicha, molad savicha, to say that there's a second chi where it came about through marriage. That's the Tanaka. The second pasuk says she is your sister. After said after it says in the pasuk erbas pashes vicham oladus vichav the Torah says two extra words achoscha he she is your sister what is the Torah saying those two extra words it's saying mishem achos or atamachavim miatamachavim mishem bashes achav the Torah is saying you only are obligated alzachiv of achoso you are nachi of you are nachai of alzachiv of bashes achav there is no additional chiv so obviously what's the question going to be so why did the Torah write it, eh? Why did the Torah, according to this donna that you're only chayef for achos, or there's only one chiyav, so why did the Torah bother writing the second pasach of Vos Eche Zevicha, Molah Every single case of sister is also born out of wedlock or not. So why is there a second a second pasach in his view saying, don't sleep with the daughter of your, of your father's wife? So the Gemara, we'll get to that eventually. So the Gemara now, just to clarify one thing, this new daughter, not to sleep with the daughter of your father's wife, is only when it's your father's daughter. It doesn't mean if your father married a woman, you can't be with your stepsister. There's no such thing. The Torah says, also in the Pasuk that was born to your father. So the only thing that other Pasuk is saying here is that it's also to be with your sister that's the daughter of your father when it's through marriage. Right? But it's also it's a, It's a, It was through marriage. That is totally known from the first Pasuk. The part Pasuk says, Achos a sister that is the daughter of your father. The only thing is the first pasach included even born out of wedlock because it just said it's stopped. The second pasach is saying only when it's through marriage. So what is that second pasach doing? So the Tamakama saying is saying when it's born from marriage is the second issue, According to the second Tan Reb it's saying no. It says Achos he. and the second pasach say you're only over on the Isra of Achos. So why did the pasuk make an extra error then? Now we still have to see. For Rabbana and Achos he might ovulate, what are the and who say your Chayev twice, what do they do with the extra words? She is your sister. They needed to obligate a person for sleeping with his sister who was both a daughter of a father and a daughter of a mother, even if it's out of wedlock. And, it could be, and the reason why we need to say that is because you can't make a kava meaning the original Pasuk that says, don't sleep with your sister, and which implied even out of wedlock, it says the daughter of your father or the daughter of your mother. It's talking about two half-sisters, and it's of saying, if you have a half-sister from the father, half-sister from the mother, born out of wedlock even, don't be with them. What about if it's a full sister? You, let's say you have a, a full sister born out of wedlock. You share the same father and mother. Are you over? The Torah never actually says. Right? The Torah doesn't actually say. Because in the original Pasuk, which includes the case of wedlock, it says half brother, uh, half sister, or half uh, from the father, or half sister from the mother. What about a full sister? So you would say, intuitively, if I know I'm chai for the half, and certainly I'm chai for the whole. So the Torah came along and said, to say, you know what, I'm going to tell you your chayv, but intuitively you shouldn't have assumed you were. Why? Because you can't extend the isurim in the Torah through intuition. You're not allowed to make a kavachomer and assume if a half-sister is usher, then a full-sister is usher. So the Torah went out of its way to say, she is your sister, to tell you even a full-sister in wedlock is usher because intuitively you're not supposed to assume that it is. but Yisrael, that Im Kain, if that's all it was doing, that if the Torah, and then Pasuk, who is coming to say that a full sister is also It could have just said, Your sister, he lamali. Why is there it's like a, a limiting word of he? So the answer is he's still that in the case of somebody who sleeps with a sister who's the daughter of a father's wife through marriage, you're only for the Bash In fact, there is no second Khiyev for the daughter of your father's wife. So he's darshing both. For Rabanon, Rabban, Rabban say back, even though it would have said it still has to say he. It's he. It still has to say he. Why? Shalotoma, I don't say, but Allah's Yuminadin. Maybe generally you could use logical inferences to extend Yisuram. Maybe specifically here it was by the sister that the Torah is saying don't do it. Meaning I wouldn't have known to make a rule out of it. If it would just to include a full sister, I would say over here by sister the Torah is saying that we're not supposed to extend Yisuram without knowing it. But generally, maybe I could use intuition, logical inferences to extend Yisuram. So the Torah has to say he to, uh, to go ahead and uh, and, and tell me, no, you're never allowed to do it because if generally I could do it, why would the Torah have written, so I would have told you, sometimes something that could be learned through a Ka'ava the Torah will still tell you, explicitly. So I wouldn't have known to make a whole rule out of it, of Ein Mazir Menadin. I would have said the Torah said, Ha'chosa, Yerchayv, on the full sister. I, I could have learned it from, from intuition. Okay, maybe it's something that I could have learned from kavachom. the Torah still bothered to write. But generally, I still don't see a big rule of Ein Mazir Menadin. Kasav he, the Torah, had to say the word he to tell me, no, there's a real big rule going on. Pay attention, Ein Mazir Menadin. So where are we? Let's try to focus over here. It's a little getting a little bit confusing in all the droshers. The Rabbanon say that when a person sleeps with a Sister that was also through marriage are two things for the first sin of Achose and also for the second Pasuk of Bas Aishha Sakhib Alada Suddicha. The the Rabbi, Yossi, Rabbi Yudha said, Rabbiosi Rabbi Yudha Rabbi said no, you're only chai for sister, because in that second pasuk it says Akhos Fahi and saying that you're only chai Al Sakh, so you're not Chaival bas Ish Sakhib. The rabbonim respond that we need Akhos Fahih to tell me that you're on a full sister born out of wedlock, I would have said that, that and the Torah is telling me, no, you're high for a full sister. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yuda said, and the Torah could have just said for that. It didn't have to say he. The say back, no, it had to say the he as well to tell me that there's a real rule of <laughs> So now, how does Rabbi Yossi reply? In other words, how does he respond? Remember, he's using the and the he to tell me, they'll tell me that if you sleep with a sister who's also the daughter of your father's wife, you're only chai one for a sister, not of a second chayib for Bashiach Zahachib. And he said, it's because of and ha'choz he, and he, o'hi, and he said that, and, and he didn't like what the Rabbanim were saying, that you're chayib for a full sister that's born out of wedlock from these words, because if it was really coming to tell me like the Rabbana, that you're high for a full sister born out of wedlock, then it should have been in the other pasuk. In other words, it should have been in the pasuk that wasn't describing marriage. If it's coming to tell me that you're, it's referring back to the original pasuk that the sister born out of wedlock, and it was saying that even though the pasuk said half sisters, but a full sister as well, then it should have been in that first in that first pasuk. So what's the chat is doing here? Why is it doing in the case of Abbas bas of The teretz is is coming to say another drasha as well, like we said. That when you sleep with the daughter of your father's wife, you're still only chayav There is no second additional chiyuv. Okay, great. So now we've cleaned up the drashas. We understand. We have a fundamental machlokas. Is there a second chiyav when you sleep with a sister that's also the daughter of your father's wife? So now the obvious question, which remains, is that according to Rabbanon that you are, we get why the Torah made a second pasuk. If there's no separate liability, there's no second added chiyav, why did the Torah write this isr? Don't be with your sister that's the daughter of your father's wife. Every sister that's the daughter of your father's wife is also the daughter of your father that's implied, that whether it's included in wedlock or not, or in marriage. So why did the Torah write an extra pasuk? Says the Gemara, Mibay The Torah is coming to tell me simply a new Passover. You're only high for a sister in a case where it was born to a woman that your father could have a marital relationship with. Even if it's born to a woman that's also, it should have been, you know, I don't know, he, he was ball and but was a Jewish woman. Pra Ichabad excludes. Let's say somebody has a half-sister, but the mother of his half-sister was a non-Jewish woman. In that case, there's no Araphon. You know why there's no Arapha? They're not related. Because again, the non the non-Jewish woman makes that the yichus goes after her. Says the Gemara, and that's what the Possess is doing it's not making an extra liability. It's just saying that if a father slept with a guy and made a girl, then you could be with her. There's no ishr. You could be with her. She's actually not Jewish. But it means that there's no din of a sister to her. So maybe it's excluding a woman violated by the father. And in the case of a woman who was violated by the father, maybe it's not only it's excluding women who, who he couldn't have issues with, it's excluding any, you know, any type of uh, out-of-wedlock situation. And I would say... That The whole is the Torah is saying that the whole isra of Akoso here is only if it came through Isha's. So the Mar says we can't say that it said the nakedness of your son's daughter, your daughter's daughter, you shouldn't uncover it's much only your granddaughter, your wife's grandchildren are mother except there's other posse. You should be the that even your wife's grandchildren you can't uncover. So how kate one the implication of one posse is your wife's grandchildren you could be with, the other possibility said that you can't. So what is it? If you're a woman, it was it wasn't marriage. If you're just some random bowl woman, you could be with her relatives. But if, if you have marriage with a woman, then you cannot. So then you cannot marry a relative. So what do we see here? That a child conceived out of wedlock is still considered a legal child, right? Because I see that the pasuk of your own grandchildren, is when the Torah said your grandchildren are also, is talking about out of wedlock, right? It's talking about that. Because if it would be not out of wedlock with marriage, you would be also in her children as well. So the pasuk that's also your children is talking about out of wedlock. So we see that it's considered your children. So the din of your sister, that's because it's your father's daughter, so clearly, he's talking about a case even out of wedlock. And we see here from Reh Rav here, a huge yisud in the isser of a sister. The isser of a sister has nothing to do with the fact that it's a sister to you. That's not the vart. The vart is that it's your father's daughter. Your father's daughter, you're not allowed to be with. That's the yisud of the isser. So if it's your father's daughter, even children born born out of wedlock, we see how lawfully they're called children, so then, so then the Israel being with your father's daughter is going to be born out of wedlock, the same thing. Must be the apostate that's saying over here, Ba'at Ha'esha Sadiqah, it's not excluding a sister that was born out of wedlock. All it's doing is saying is that if the mother wasn't Jewish, if the mother wasn't Jewish, that's excluded. So according to Rabbi Yisrael, we're not saying there's a second iser for a daughter of a father's wife. Daughter of a father's wife, really, there's only one iser of a sister. The Torah just wrote to exclude a half-sister whose mother was a Gaya. In that case, there's no iser.